You're listening to audio from Queen City Church. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message will encourage you and offer practical steps for a relationship with God that keeps getting better and better. Today we are in the sixth and final week of our Ephesians series where we've been just looking at one book of the Bible, the book of Ephesians that is found in the New Testament. And I don't know about you, man, I have loved this series. I've had so much fun uh, communicating about this book of the Bible. It's been so amazing to be able to check out our devotional on version as like these two things put together. Um, it's been such a great series. And today we are finishing by looking at 10 verses in Ephesians chapter six. And so let's read this together, <clears throat> uh, starting in verse 10. Here's what Paul writes. He says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, Put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion, stay alert and persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I'm in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Now today, to finish out this Ephesian series, I wanna share a message, if you're taking notes, which I hope you are, that I've entitled, We are in a fight, exclamation. We are in a fight. And um, just a quick question, how many of you, just by show of hands, have ever had a conversation go differently than you expected? Have you ever had a conversation that you thought was gonna go one way, but then it ended up going a totally different way? Well, Paul, for five plus chapters in this letter, that is a letter to the church in Ephesus. He, he was saying things like this, guys. He was saying for five plus chapters, things like you're loved and chosen by God. You've been adopted into the family of God. You've got access to the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. You're saved not by your works, not by the good things that you can do, but by grace through faith. He says things like you're a masterpiece created by God to do good works. He says that you're united with each other 
through the finished work of the cross. He says you can tap in to God's glorious unlimited resources. You can experience immeasurably more than what you can ask or imagine. He says that you're called to be a unified, mobilized, and mature church that is called to change the world. And finally, he says that because of Jesus, you're a brand new person. And that should change everything in your life, your beliefs, your behavior, your relationships, everything. And so he says all these amazing things. And then he unexpectedly ends the letter with, so about uh, the devil and demons. Um, let's talk about that. <laughs> and it's just as unexpectedly, there's no way that they thought that's where the conversation would go. And he essentially ends this letter by saying, guys, don't forget that we are in a fight. And today, as we end this series, after we've been talking about all the things that we've been talking about the last six weeks, I want to remind you of the same thing. Guys, don't forget, we are in a fight. I love this quote from Pastor Warren Wearsby. He says that the Christian life is a battleground, not a playground. And in Ephesians chapter six, Paul says, in this fight that we're in, you're gonna need some things. In fact, he says you're gonna need three things. And the first thing that he says is this, in this fight, you need to, number one, know your enemy. You have got to know your enemy. This is so important to win this fight that we're in. You have to know your enemy. We see this in verse 10 through 12, where he says a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. See, Paul says, guys, we're in a fight and you have to know your enemy. And Paul, what I love is that he makes it crystal clear that the enemy is not people. He says, guys, you need to know the enemy is not people. I mean, he literally says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Listen, church, people are not the problem. Let me say it again. For those of you that maybe dozed off for just a moment, let me say it again for the people in the back. People are not the problem. People can be a problem, amen? But people are not the problem. Paul says that the real enemy is the devil, is Satan, the thief, the enemy, the prince of darkness, and his army. He, say, he calls it the rulers and authorities of the unseen world, the powers of darkness and the forces of evil. And uh, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it actually says this, be alert and of sober mind. Let me, let me put it this way. I think he's saying, don't be unaware. He says, be, be alert, be of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And in John 10, 10, it actually says that the thief, the enemy, Satan, the devil, 
He comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That is his job description. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy everything good in your life. And he's been really good at his job since page three of my Bible. Just read it. He is really good at his job. So listen, you should not underestimate the devil. But you should also not overestimate the devil. Because listen, this is so important for you to understand. The devil is not God's equal on the evil side. He is not. See, if, like when you learn the characteristics of God, you will see that God is um, omnipotent. He is omniscient. He is omnipresent, which means that God is all-powerful, he is all-knowing, and he is all-present. That's who God is. But the devil is not those things. The devil is not omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. He is not all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-present. So here's my question. Think about this. So how in the world does he accomplish so much at the same time in different parts of the world? And the answer is, Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, it's because he has an army. Now listen, I know that that sounds like an episode straight out of Stranger Things. <laughs> Where it's like, guys, you need to know the rulers and the authorities of the unseen world, the, the powers of darkness, you know, like that movie theater voice. You know, and the forces of evil. I know, I know. I know that sounds like stranger things. And the truth is, this is very hard for us to wrap our minds around. In fact, this is so hard for many people to believe, especially in modern Western culture. Because the mindset of modern Western culture that we all live in is that everything has a natural cause. Therefore, everything, including all evil, has a scientific explanation which means that if that's the case, if there's a natural cause and a scientific explanation, then that means we can fix it ourselves. So we explain that all evil, that like crime, violence, cruelty, racism, hate, greed, division, depression, poverty, abuse, we, we explain that all evil are social issues or psychological issues or educational issues. So if we just educate more people, if we change the systems, if we just create the technology, if we just get everyone in therapy, if we get everyone just on the same page, if we stop the systemic issues, then all evil, good news guys, will be fixed. But over the last 100 years, think about this. We've had more progress, more education, more information, resources, change laws and technological breakthroughs than any other 100 year period in the history of humanity. So why is all this evil still happening? Why do we see what we see when we turn on the news? Why do we see what we see when we open up our news app or turn on social media? and scroll through and we see what's happening in our world. Now, let me make this clear. I'm not saying that those things are bad or not helpful, not at all. I'm all about all those things increasing. But what I am saying is that maybe all these things that we're experiencing are not only 
social, psychological, and educational issues. Maybe, just maybe, they're also spiritual issues. Maybe it's not all just natural causes that can be scientifically explained. Maybe they're also supernatural causes. Maybe there's more going on than what we can actually see. A guy by the name of Andrew Delbance, who is a self-proclaimed secular liberal professor at Columbia University, he actually says this, that a gulf has opened up in our culture between the visibility of evil and the intellectual resources available for coping with it. And the truth is, when it comes to this subject, most people, especially most Christians, they fall on two extremes when it comes to spiritual warfare and the devil and demons. One is what I call the super spiritual approach. It is where everything bad is blamed on the devil and demons. I mean, there is a demon and a devil under every single rock. So sneeze, demon. <laughs> Flat tire, demon. Phone battery dying too fast, demon. Allergies, demon. It's raining, demon. Your sports team finally losing after 13 games, demon. It's the, it's the super spiritual approach. But then on the other end of, this, of the pendulum, the other extreme is the under-spiritual approach to where nothing is the devil. Nothing is demonic. And really what that is, that is a secular worldview. And just like the fan at the baseball game focused on their nachos with an incoming foul ball, just like the oblivious pedestrian crossing Vine and Fifth Street intersection with AirPods in, with a car barreling down on them, and the antelope isolated from its herd with the predator hiding in the tall grass nearby. The Christian who is unaware of spiritual danger is the one who is most susceptible to harm. Let me say that again. That the Christian who is unaware of spiritual danger is the one who is most susceptible to harm. Just because you're unaware, it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Listen, both of these extremes, the super spiritual approach and the under spiritual approach are unhealthy. And Paul says in Ephesians chapter six, guys, we're in a fight. And in this fight, you have to know your enemy. And the enemy is not people. The enemy is the devil and his army. We good? I've never talked about that in 250 weeks of our church. Wow, okay. All right, number two. When you're in a fight, you also need to put on your armor. That's what he says. You need to put on your armor. We see this in verse 13 where he says, therefore, because we know who the enemy is, we have to put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. And let me pause right here and just say, notice that it says, put on every piece of God's armor. In other words, none of what he's about to share is optional. Like this is, the, the, the armor of God is not a buffet. 
where you just pick and choose. I want that one. I want that one. I want that one. No, he says you need it all to win. And he says this, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor. Probably a a lot of translations say the breastplate of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news, the gospel, so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet. And Paul says, in this fight, this is the armor that you need to put on. And he says, here are all the different pieces of armor that you need to put on. You need to put on the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace, the shield of faith, and the helmet of salvation. This is the armor that you need to put on so that you can defend against the enemy that we have. Now, there's so much that can be said here. In fact, like literally, I could do a whole message just on this part. I don't have time, but for the sake of time, I do want to highlight just a couple things before we move on to point three. And just really three very quick things about this. First, I want you to notice that he starts with the belt of truth. And I think that's very intentional. He starts with truth because the devil's number one weapon is lies and deceit. He's, con- he's constantly bombarding us with lies and schemes and deceit. You want to know how he still kills and destroys? He does that through lies. And here's what John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus is talking, and he says he, talking about the devil, was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. So if he's talking, he's lying. For he is a liar and the father of lies. So it makes perfect sense to me that the first piece of armor God gives his people is truth. Listen, truth is the foundation of our defense against the devil that holds everything else together. And the second thing that I see when I see this big list is that I love that Paul talks about the shield of faith. Because when they would have heard this at the time that this was written, they hear it differently than how we hear this in 2023. Because at this time in history, Roman shields were the length of the soldier's entire body and was most commonly used to block incoming arrows, even arrows that were on fire. But they weren't just for protecting the individual that was holding the shield. Check out this powerful picture. I want you to see this because this is what it would have looked like at the time. And they would have known when he would have said, pick up your shield of faith, this would have popped into their head. This would be the common battle formation for a Roman army. They actually call it the Roman turtle. And I want you to notice a couple things. One, I want you to notice that when the Soldiers stood side by side that the shields fit together perfectly to create a protective wall. And then I want you to notice that when the soldiers behind the front lines, they held their shields up together, and then that actually created a protective ceiling. So a soldier's defense and protection was actually connected to the other soldier's that were around him. You see where I'm going with this? See, this is the picture that Paul was painting when he said, I want you to hold up 
the shield of faith. This is what it looks like to hold up the shield of faith. Listen, church, your faith is not just for you. It's for us. The truth is you need my faith and I need your faith. The person beside you needs your faith and, and, that, and that you need the person beside you faith. This is a beautiful picture of what our church should look like, not just on Sundays, but throughout the week. This is what it looks like to hold up the shield of faith. This is what it looks like for a church to stand together in faith. And get this, when we do that, here's the truth, we win. You see how protected we are whenever we do that? I love that. Now, put, 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 that, put that full list back up. The last thing that I want you to see, and I gotta hurry, I want you to see something that I love about really the whole Bible. Because I want you to see that this whole armor of God, it actually points to something. Let me put it this way. It actually points to someone. Because this whole armor of God, it points, just like everything in the Bible, points to Jesus. Because in John 14, verse 6, it says that Jesus is truth. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, Jesus is our righteousness. Because in Isaiah, it says that our righteousness is like filthy rags. But in, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says that Jesus is the one that makes us righteous. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Jesus is our peace. In Hebrews 12, verse 2, it says, Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. And the entire New Testament says that Jesus is our salvation. Now, the very next thing that he says is that Paul says, I want you to pick up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And guess what John 1, 1 says? It says that Jesus is the Word. So this whole list it actually points to Jesus. So when Paul says, hey, I want you to put on the full armor of God, it's like he's saying, guys, I want you every day to put on Jesus. See, I think that's why Paul writes this in Romans chapter 13, verses 12 through 14. He says this, this is Paul writing to another church, and he says, the night is far spent, the day is at hand, therefore let us take off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in immorality and wickedness, not in strife and envy, but every single day put on the Lord Jesus Christ. See, Paul says, guys, we are in a fight. And in this fight, you need to, one, you need to know your enemy. And then two, you need to put on your armor. And then number three, it's so important for you to pick up your weapons. It's not just about defense, it's also about offense. You have got to pick up your weapons and the armor is for defense, but these weapons are for offense. And Paul says you need to pick up two specific weapons. First he says, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, he says, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Listen, church, this book is so much more than an old history book. This book is so much more than an outdated, out-of-touch piece of literature. 
this book is so much more than just a bunch of rules and regulations and a big list of things you should do and things that you shouldn't do. No, this book is the powerful, alive word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, talking about this book, says every part of it, every part of scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the word is how we are put together and shaped up for the task that God has for us. And Paul says in Ephesians chapter six that God's word is actually a weapon that you can use to fight the devil. Now, the best example of this that you can find in scripture is in Matthew chapter four, where Jesus goes into the wilderness and is tempted by the devil after 40 days of fasting. Go read it sometime this week. It is fascinating to see the son of God be tempted and attacked by the devil just like we are. And he goes and he's attacked and three different times the enemy comes to tempt him and three different times he responds the same exact way. It is written, it is written, it is written. And he literally quotes scripture back at the enemy and fights back by using God's word. See, God's word is a weapon. So three times that the devil tempts him and three times he fights back with God's word. See, God's word is a weapon that you need to pick up to defeat the enemy. And then Paul says this. He says, but this isn't the only weapon that you need to pick up. He says you need to pick up in verse 18. And he says this throughout the rest of the entire chapter. He says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. If you go on to read it, he just keeps giving this list of all the different ways that people should pray. So he basically ends the letter by saying, guys, pray all the time for everybody always. Just pray, pray, pray. And when you think you're done praying, just pray more. Just keep praying, pray all the time, pray for everybody. Pray for me, pray for the person, pray, 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 pray. That's what he says. He ends the thing by just saying pray. And he says it this way in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. Again, Paul writes this, and he says, never stop praying. Church, do not underestimate the power of prayer. I felt such deep conviction this week about this part of the message. Because honestly, I think I have at times. I have underestimated the power of prayer. And I'm asking you to be a church that does not underestimate the power of prayer. Prayer is a weapon. That's why James chapter five, verse 17 says that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. It doesn't say that a righteous person is powerful and effective. It says that the prayer So if you're saved, by the way, we're we're saved, we're righteous because of Jesus, period. So if you're saved by Jesus, you're not that powerful, but your prayers are. It says your prayers, the prayers of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And I want to take a moment and I want to honor our prayer team. A lot of you, maybe you you don't even know that we have a prayer team. It is one of the, the secret agent teams that we have. It is behind the scenes. 
And it is people that is on our dream team with the spiritual gift of prayer. And that team is led by Emily Schinkel. And Emily is right here. And Emily, I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for how you lead this team. Emily actually told me um, a couple weeks ago, she said, hey, I just want to celebrate something with you. Because last summer, our prayer team, we kind of had to consolidate and only pray uh, at certain times. But now, because the team, they actually pray all the time during service. So right now, it's people with the gift of prayer, people with the gift of intercession that are right now in some room on that floor that are praying. And they're praying during worship, they're praying and they're interceding. And they're praying and they're saying, God, would you let heaven open up over this place? Would you help every single person that is right now engaging in worship? May they experience your goodness. May they experience your faithfulness. They're praying during the message right now. And they're praying that, that, that God would open up your heart and your mind. Like, listen, some of you maybe have experienced Jesus in this room because somebody is in another room that is praying for you. And, and, last, and last summer, we had to consolidate and do like one service. The prayer team was praying. But Emily has just told me that our, our team has grown so much. Our prayer team has grown so much to the, to the fact that like now we have more than enough people to cover both services and people are praying every single week during both services. And I just, man, I just want that team. If you're in this room and you're on this team and you're praying in the next service, if right now you are praying in there, I just want you to know that like, man, you, God is using you big time. Like, right, like here's what they're doing. They are coming in. They're putting on their armor. They're grabbing their sword. They're sitting there, got, they got their prayers, and they are literally fighting every week against the unseen world, and they're making a big difference. In fact, I, I just mentioned it earlier, this is actually week 250 of our church, and in the first 250 weeks of our church, we have seen 1,331 people make decisions and told us that they made decisions to follow Jesus. Now, listen, listen, that does not happen without our prayer team that is literally fighting right now and doing that. And it's not a natural fight, it's in the supernatural. And so church, can we clap our hands and honor Emily, honor our prayer team. Thank you for how you serve our church. Thank you for making a difference. Thank you for using your gifts. And so as we close today, let me shift the focus to you because I challenge you not to the person to, the, to your right, not to the person to your left. If you're in this room, if you're watching online, I challenge you to pick up the weapons that God has given you to fight our enemy. I challenge you to go to the next level in your relationship with God's word. I challenge you to prioritize reading your Bible every single day. And if you've never done that, if that feels so intimidating, if that is a, an area of faith that brings so much guilt, shame, and condemnation, let me break that right now in Jesus' name and say, today is new. And I'm asking you, to make it a priority. If you don't know where to start, we have all types of resources that are on our website. I challenge you to go to the next level in your relationship with God's word, to pick up the sword of the spirit and fight. But I also challenge you 
to go to the next level in your prayer life. I told you I felt so much conviction this week right here is that, man, I need to step this part of my faith life up. I need to pick up that weapon every single day and I need to fight. And so I challenge you every single day. And if you don't know what to pray, I'm asking you to pray these six things that I'm gonna ask you to pray. I'm asking you to pray for more of God every single day. I'm asking you to pray to be full of the Holy Spirit each and every day. I'm asking you to pray for those that in our inner city and in your life that are lost and far from God. I'm praying that, that I'm asking you to pray for revival and awakening in our city. And those are two different things. Revival is where lost people come to know Jesus. Awakening is where the church wakes up. I'm asking you to pray for that. I'm asking you to pray every single day for church leaders. I unapologetically ask you to pray for me and pray for my family. Because when, when you do what I do, I promise you it ticks off a lot of those, that army. And I need your prayer. Because it's a weapon. And man, and here's the big one. And this is probably for some of you, you're like, I, I've, I've done those other things, but I haven't done the last one. But I'm asking you to start every single day because you have power, you have a weapon. And I'm asking you to pray every single day to bind and break the lies and the plans of the devil. I'm asking you to pick up your weapon and fight, to prioritize prayer. Practically, let me make it very practical. Make it a priority to be at first Saturday prayer. Do it this Saturday. Put it in your calendar right now so you don't forget. Be there. Yeah, you have to wake up a little bit earlier on a Saturday. It is 12 times a year. You got this. You can do it. I believe in you. Just that. Like, make it a priority to be there. This, like, it's only 12 times. It's one of the most important, powerful things that we do as a church. So I would love for it every single month to be standing room only at HQ. This is a church that believes, man, we are in a fight and this is one of the weapons that we fight together in unity with. Listen, us winning the fight is dependent on it. So make no mistake about it, church. We are in a fight. And in this fight, you need to, one, you need to know your enemy and it's not people. You also, number two, you need to put on your armor, every single piece. You don't let one not be on there. And then number three, you need to pick up your weapons. You need to pick up God's word. And you need to pick up the weapon of prayer. We are in a fight. If there's anything in your life that we can pray for, please visit queencitypeople.com slash prayer. For the latest updates on our church, follow us on social media at queencitypeople or visit queencitypeople.com.